the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. It is the man they call Dave Chevaruni. We are ready to talk about this past weekend's UFC 280, little Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, and much, much more. Welcome back. Before we get started with today's topic, Chevy, what do we got coming up? All right. We have October. I'm sorry. No. November 5th, they are moving. We used to have our boy Thug Mitchell versus Evilov on that card, but now Evilov pulled out. They're moving Bryce to a different card, and we're going to have a fight night with Rodriguez and Lemos, Marina Rodriguez and Amanda Lemos now. So the card hasn't quite filled out all the way, even though it's so close, unfortunately, but we'll see how, it, how that ends up. November 12th, we're looking at UFC 281, MSG Adesanya versus Piera. Super highly anticipated fight. Looking forward to that one. And then moving on to November 19th, UFC fight night, Derek Lewis versus Spivak. And that'll be a uh, early 4 p.m. Eastern card. All right. Some fights to check out. Yeah, I guess let's just start off with some news before we get to UFC 280. What's going on? So obviously, we just talked about the Bryce Mitchell and Ivalov fight fell out. So they're now they're targeting Bryce Mitchell and Ila Taporia, which Cage My IQ talked about when he was on the show with yeah. us as a possible replacement. So they're targeting that for UFC 282. Could be a good fight. couple undefeated guys. So looking forward to that one. Who do you got? <sighs> off the top of your head. Bryce. You think so? Yeah. yeah. I think I'd go with Bryce, too. I don't know if he's the favorite currently, but, you know, without going into both the guys' records of who they fought and everything, I think skills-wise, 
Bryce is jumping off the page for me. I think Bryce is, yeah. I look at it like this quality of competition, too. I don't know. The last time you know, I, I got into a fight there, I remember he got in some trouble early on. He had a great knockout, so it was super impressive. But when I just think of strength of competition, I feel like Bryce has fought some tougher competition right now. And Bryce continues to improve and look dominant, too. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least with the wrestling aspect. But yeah. I think that's enough right now. Still a great matchup, though. Looking forward to yeah. that one. I mean, ask me who I'm rooting for, though. I don't know. I kind I used to like Bryce, but he's kind of annoying me lately. I don't know. I just... <laughs> he's so crazy. He's so yeah, crazy. He just yeah. there. I'm just like, I don't know if I want to get behind this guy. <laughs> yeah. You see his most recent video to Joe Rogan about Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Yeah. He oh, was... yeah. <laughs> Listen. Think whatever you want. Like for a guy whose viewpoint is considered mostly ass, like you're being a little like obnoxious about it too. You know, yeah. he's really leaning into his into that persona too. Though I am sure that is him being genuine, but it's definitely he's a character for sure. Yeah, for sure. Good for him. Yeah. So you know, obviously we'll talk about it more, but with the injury to TJ's shoulder and how he entered the fight with that previous injury he said that his shoulder popped out 20 times in training camp and we know that michael bisping made it through multiple pre-fight physicals with one eye right what are they doing in these pre-fight physicals i'd love to know the problem is too you have so many different athletic commissions that are involved like i can't believe florida actually stepped in and helped was it dada 5000 is it 5000 yeah Yeah. Yeah. from not going to bare knuckle fighting the guy almost died so clearly these companies are not you know you said that he did die he said he he actually died in the ring against kimbo yeah so i mean bisping would tell that story about with his eyes and how he would trick the eye charts and everything like that you know he would like memorize the way it was set up Mm -hmm. it's fascinating but like, like with dillashaw yeah like it's just crazy to me because I guess with a shoulder, if you, you know, if it's popping back into place, if it can pop back into place, you just got to be careful. Obviously, the thing about it is it sounds to me like these are probably pretty standard physicals, right? Like, you know, clearly, like, you know, like, I don't know if they should be. <laughs> right. Should they yeah, be a little bit more thorough? You know, I mean, fighters are entering with staff and stuff like right. you, that should never get passed up. I get that the, you know, fighters have been putting makeup over it or whatever and make it a little bit harder to see. But like, it's a huge red lump, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think maybe the doctors should see some of these things coming before they happen. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the fight more, but... <laughs> And I don't know. That first thing I started thinking too is what kind of athletic commission is there in Abu Dhabi? But I don't know. And I don't remember if this was ever an issue before with Abu Dhabi or anything right. like that. I remember some stuff happening, like I think in Texas and in Florida. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So all, all around, yes, you know, judges are such an issue and judging is such an issue. But we have to really uh, look into the athletic commissions and everything a little more too for the safeties of these fighters. Yeah, that could be any, especially when it comes to, you know, the betting aspect, sussy. Cry Lorenz thinking it's a conspiracy, huh? Sus. <laughs> <It's> sus. <laughs> I, I think, you know, especially if you think about all the people that bet on that fight, when I mean, it goes back to the Floyd and Manny Pacquiao thing, how many people lost money because they, I mean, I, if I was betting, I would have put money on TJ, not knowing that, you know, he had one right. arm. So right. a lot of people lost money because TJ had one arm. He could have won that fight with one arm. And he had zero chance, or I'm sorry, if he had two arms, he could have won that fight. He had zero chance with one arm and he really fucked a lot of people. Sure. And I get it. Possibly his last chance at the belt with his age and all his numerous injuries. He wanted to risk it, but 
It shouldn't have been in his hands. Again, we'll talk about it more later, but I think it was just a, it was not a wise decision by TJ either. I get why he did. It shouldn't have been in TJ's hands. I guess that's the point though. Right. We'll move on. Some more news. John Jones says he's trying to target a fight with Stipe on December 10th. He doesn't know what the holdup is. He's saying it must be something between the UFC and Stipe. What do you think? Yeah. Just all Jones. Talk about sus. Anything comes out of John Jones' mouth is totally sus. I don't know. How do you know when John Jones is lying, right? His lips are moving. Is that, you know? So I, I don't know. I'd like this fight to be on in December. That would be awesome if this is, you know, going to happen. You know, want to read between the lines? Maybe they are close to getting a deal done and it's on John, but John is trying to get that, you know, get ahead of that negative potential, you know, story before it gets out there. So that to me seems the way the Jones would handle that given, you know, what we've seen in the past. So I don't know, but I, I hope that fight is on uh, because, I mean, at the end of the day, even though I'm not really a fan of John and a lot of stuff that's happened, a fight between him and Stipe Miocic at heavyweight is a very intriguing fight that I'm very interested in seeing. Also, I don't know when Francis, his injury is supposed to be healed after surgery. I know he still has contract negotiations, but there could be something going on there too where they actually want jones to fight francis for the belt but you know they can't set that up until they get francis to resign so i don't know you know some sort of contract play there or something but yeah i'm ready for jones to be back for no other reason than to stop him doing the conor mcgregor thing where he talks shit about fighters (laughs) after the interview every month so just get back in there and you know fight please i am excited to see him at heavyweight just because he is such a great fighter, even though he's a terrible human being. So it's a great heel. Every time he goes, it's a classic story. I want to see him get beat up, and I'll pay money to see it. So that's right. All right, moving on. Bellator and Ryzen announced a fight in Japan on New Year's Eve. They're going to be bringing some of their best fighters, like Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee, Juan Archuleta, and Kojiri Horiguchi will be fighting. They haven't announced any matchups yet, just that, you know, those are the bigger names, I assume. But what do you think about this? Um, Anytime we can do some, you know, cross-promotional stuff, it's really what a lot of these other companies need to be doing. Like, UFC is the brand. It's the brand that's going to get the most attention. So if you're in some of these other companies, why not? you know, put on special events together to try to garner some attention. It's one of the best things you can do. Right. That is, you know, I assume there's going to be some very good matchups on there. And those are some big name fighters too. So looking forward to that one. And obviously, you know, we feel like we have to talk about it, but Jake Paul and Anderson Silva are boxing this weekend, 9 p.m. I think it's a $60 pay-per-view on Showtime. Uriah Hall on the card. Uriah Hall is fighting former football star running back Le'Veon Bell. This is a boxing match too, right? Yes, this is a boxing match. So I believe... Le'Veon Bell knocked out a different football player. I think it was Frank Gore in a boxing match. I think I remember hearing about that, but I would do Paul. But I mean, the thing about it is if he's just boxing, Hall was so good with his feet. He's obviously a great striker. This other guy is obviously got to be, I'm going to just guess, an explosive athlete. You know, football. athlete, yeah. Yeah, heavyweight. Probably going to have a lot of power in his hands and be fast. As long as the size and strength discrepancy isn't so far the other way for this guy. I, again, I've never seen him. But as long as it's not so far that way, I would still favor Hall just on all the years of experience, technique, being able to move out of the way. And I think he'll get it done early. 
early. Unless this guy, like I said, is just such an explosive, big, strong monster that he just catches Hall. Right. I mean, he he's the superior athlete for sure. I don't think he'll be that much. I, I don't think he's taller than Uriah or anything. You know, he was, uh, he was a running back, so he's probably, you know, shorter and thick super powerful legs and all that but i don't think it'll matter i don't think he's gonna really lay hands on uriah uriah has great footwork and head movement and he's been a fighter for a long time now even without his best weapon which would be those kicks he's gonna put hands on Le'Veon bell and i bet he knocks him out fairly early yeah i hope he does i know you are too but huge fan of uriah i want to see him out there hopefully he's making a shitload of money doing this too i want to see hall and silva at the end of this pay-per-view with their hands raised yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. absolutely yeah yeah i mean it's an interesting fight getting into the main event here a little bit with jake paul and silva silva is the bigger stronger maybe quicker i'm not so sure but you know jake has been doing just boxing a little more but at the same time anderson's one of the best mma strikers in history and has been doing well at boxing at his age really the only thing based on the past prior fights they've had i'm going with silva here based on their past boxing match silver has a win over a former champion i think he should get this done now that being said the only thing going against silver here is he is continuously to get older after every fight paul is is younger and continuing to improve after every fight you never know when that's gonna switch up here and as much as like i didn't want to take jake paul seriously and i'm still not saying he's an elite elite boxer it's clear to me that he does take his training and he does take his approach serious so we will get the best version of Jake Paul that we can get, I believe. It's very clear to me this guy does not seem rattled by these pressure situations. That being said, based on everything we've seen recently, Anderson Silva just looks like overall the better striker. And Anderson Silva is a guy we know is not going to get rattled by this situation. So I got Anderson Silva. I say he's going to finish him in the first four rounds. Yeah, I would say... This might be a win-win for Jake because Anderson should win this fight. He should win it easily. He's so skilled when it comes to combat sports. You know, his head movement is obviously on another level. But like you said, he is older. Jake is younger. Jake definitely has power. And I think Anderson will have the confidence to do his showboating, you know. Yeah. And it's possible he gets caught. You know, I, I would give Jake a puncher's chance for sure. Yes. You know, more of a chance than Connor had against Floyd, but I would still assume that Anderson gets this done. And like you said, via finish, I'll say between four and six, he gets it done. But, you know, if Jake wins, that will be super impressive to me. And, you know, he'll have garnered my respect as a combat athlete for sure. I, I know people will say, well, you know, Anderson's not a boxer or whatever. He could be a lot of boxers in boxing and nobody could tell me otherwise. You can't convince me otherwise. He would beat a lot of boxers, especially in his prime in boxing. So, yeah. Jake would have my respect at that point. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Anderson, it's possible that Anderson embarrasses him very badly, wears him out, showboats on him, and then knocks him out. So I'm fine either way. I don't really care. Right. Good luck to Silva. You know, if Jake continues on with his thing after this, you know, I might be interested to see what happens if he beats Silva. I might be more interested to see where he goes after this. I think it's a good possibility the winner of this is going to get Nate Diaz. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd watch that too. I'm not buying this card, but yeah, I'll check out the highlights afterwards. So mm-hmm. Good luck to both guys. I expect Anderson to win. 
I would agree. So let's get into last week's card, UFC 280, Oliveira versus Makachev. We're going to talk about a couple of prelims that we highlighted on the show last week. Vulcan Uzdemir versus Nikita Krylov. Yes. Did you get to see this one? I didn't get to see either of the two early prelim fights you want to talk about, but I did come up with, I'll get your comments on it, and then I have a couple potential matchups I want to throw at you. All right, so I anticipated that Krylov was going to just wrestle Uzdemir. Uzdemir has not looked the same basically since DC beat him in that his attempt for the title. But Vulcan came out guns blazing. And he stunned Krylov early. He looked like the old no time, mm-hmm. you know, stupid name, but it looked like the old no time. But ultimately, Krylov weathered it and did what I thought it was going to do. You know, did the wrestling, took Uzdemir down, wore him out a little bit. You know, and took over with the grappling, got the win. Surprises weren't decision, though. For sure. I Just with the fatigue factor, I think I was surprised that it made it to the end. So my potential matchup, just looking at some rankings, Krylov and Paul Craig. Yeah, that's a that's a great matchup between those guys. Who would you favor in that one? I like Craig, but here's the thing about that is has people figured out Craig yet? That's the thing. Like Craig, he gets caught, but then he takes you to the ground and he taps you out. Krylov's the guy who's got some hands. And he can definitely do that. But Craig, we've seen submit guys. I would, I would consider better strikers. He's caught them. But I do feel like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things like Derek Lewis with a knockout. Every time I saw Derek Lewis want to fight, it almost looked like he was, he, he didn't look like the better fighter. Yeah. <laughs> he always found a way to win. And I feel like Paul Craig is that, but with submissions. So I would favor Craig based on, you know, his wins and who he's beaten. But Krylov's got more than a chance. I think Krylov's, so, you know, I would favor Paul Craig's grappling for sure, but Krylov has enough grappling skills definitely to keep the fight standing, I think. Paul Craig doesn't have any fantastic takedown ability. He just, he pulls guard, honestly. So Krylov, much, much better in the stand-up. So if he was to keep distance, uh, I would expect him to win. Also, good fight IQ, too. So I think he would stay out of danger. Yeah. And then the featured bout on the prelims, we're going to move on to Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady. This fight didn't go at all as I expected Mm -hmm. it. Bilal looked like he was at a whole new level with this stand-up. You know, he put so much pressure on Sean Brady. He was super accurate. He basically just dismantled him on the feet, which I definitely did not expect. I thought, you know, we might might see some amazing grappling exchanges between these guys, but we got a stand-up war. And this definitely isn't the fight that Brady anticipated when he came to the Octagon that night, I'm sure. And he got all he could handle. So, you know, that's his first loss. I still think he has the possibility to be champion. I think he just got caught with a game plan that wasn't suited for the fight that he ended up with. So I'm going to say Bilal probably needs one more to get a title shot, even Mm -hmm. though he probably has earned it at this point. I think just because of the nature of the division being so jammed up, he probably needs one more win against, you know, a Colby or a Hosma or, you know, the loser of Edwards and Usman. Um, I got another name out there because I thought that's where we go with this because Hosma and Covington supposedly are booked too, I heard. So here's a name. He's one behind Muhammad, but I thought Gilbert Burns. That's a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. It's an I, interesting fight. If I was Muhammad, I would not take a fight with a fighter below me, no matter what. Yeah. Like, it just shows he doesn't have the personality to get himself you know, to talk himself into a title fight. He well, needs to win. If so. Hodgman and Covington, you know, especially if Edwards is going to hold on to the title, because then Covington is out there too, potentially. I feel like Muhammad could 
he might have to fight again. That's all I'm saying. So if he has to fight again, Gilbert Burns is an interesting choice. He's right there. He's a name, you know, at least by hardcore standards. And uh, I think he could get that win, but also it's a fight he can lose too. It's a, it's, if I was his manager, I would say too dangerous. Sit and wait for right. something that's, you know, if you have a boring fight against Durinho, you might not get a title shot. Even if you get a win, you have a boring wrestling match and you beat him, you might not get a title shot off that. Of I say you sit and wait and, you know, you go for anyone above you, really. It has to be somebody above you. All right. But he looked fantastic, like I said, in the stand-up especially. If he really is adding that into, you know, also I think setting, you know, the fact that it was in Abu Dhabi, his Muslim heritage, he's been working with Khabib. Uh, I think he was really, you know, jazzed up, ready to go for that fight. And that may have been a contributing factor. But if he keeps working on his stand-up and he looked like that, he was already super dangerous before. So ever he's going to be a real problem in the division, even for the top guys. All right, let's move on to the main event. Start off with another fight that did not go as I saw beforehand. Caitlin Chikagan versus Manon Faro. Yes. I still can't pronounce her last name, but did you get to watch this yeah, one? All this. Okay, so Manon, as we call her, did enough to win. This was not a very exciting fight for me, even though everything about her was that she was a very exciting fighter. Caitlin is always just that tough opponent that seems to know how to take it to a decision and win in this case she did not do enough to win had no problem with that i think it's some new blood at the top of the division but when i really watched this when i was trying to think of like a future opponents for people all i could think of is this division would benefit for valentina going up a weight class and just vacating that title like this division is never gonna reach any full potential with valentina there because she's just too dominant and Mm -hmm. at one point but now it's like there's just nobody else for her. Yeah, I think you're probably right as far as Valentina. You know, because the rest of the of the division matches up well against one another. Right. But she's just miles better, miles ahead of the rest of the girls in that division. So as far as the fight, Caitlin is the reason she's number one is because she's very good at nullifying what other people do well. Right. And I think even in this fight, she did that. She nullified the power of Manon, but, you know, she missed weight. So I I wonder if the weight cut had an effect on her that slowed her down a little bit more. And ultimately, that might have been what cost her the fight. Either way, I agree with you. It wasn't a super exciting fight. You know, hopefully both girls can do better next time. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to uh, to a fight that was super exciting Benil Dariush versus Mateus Gamrot so more exciting fight but almost similar Dariush did enough to win but I think that's because Gamrot is just he was very game and like he was very game on the ground you know on the feet he just Dariush was just a little bit better everywhere I thought but you know this Dariush train I mean it just keeps rolling and rolling and he's consistent and he's just feeling that he, to me, he's feeling that Tony Ferguson void. So, so like he just keeps winning and winning and he keeps going for the finish and he's fun and he's great to have around. But at some point, like, man, like we got to get this guy a title shot. But as we saw at the end of this pay-per-view, that does not look like the direction we're going in. So I think that, again, I'm going to throw another opponent before we get to your thoughts on this fight. Well, we can mention this later, but I'll just say now Charles Oliveira, he lost the title. He wants to get back on track. It's clear we're going to be going with Volkanovski, you know, and do a lightweight versus featherweight champ. So I think Charles Oliveira versus Dariush would be the next fight to make. and The winner of that should get right back in the title picture. 
Yeah, that's the fight I also had in mind. I, and it is a fight I would love to see. Both guys' jujitsu is absolutely fantastic. Both guys super game to go to war on the feet also. That's an excellent matchup. And I assume that will be what we get next because, like you said, Volkanovski probably getting the shot at Makachev. But it's far- I, would, I just want to add this and say it's sad because that's a very losable fight for Dariush, and this guy yep. should have got a title shot by now. But go ahead. Yep, absolutely agree with you. But as far as the fight against Gamrot, it's exactly the fight I had in mind when I saw these two got matched up. So the fight was absolutely fantastic everywhere it went. I wish that this had been a five-round fight. I would have loved to have seen five rounds from these guys. I think Darius should get a title shot, but like you said, probably not going to happen. I think he's going to get passed up again. He could also fight maybe the winner or loser, depending on how the fight goes, of Poirier and Chandler too, because right. those guys are going to be making an opportunity for a title fight as well. They could pass Volkanovski with an excellent performance one way or the other, but probably not, but good matchup against either one of those guys as well. Justin Gaethje's still in the picture too, at some point. Yeah. He had no surgery, right? So he should be back soon. I haven't heard any potential matchups. Not a potential opponent for Darius perhaps. Yeah. That'd be another great fight. Two guys super willing to go to war on the feet. So let's move on to the controversy we had of the night. Peter Jan versus Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this fight because I was all set when this fight was about to go decision to talk about how good I thought Sean O'Malley looked. I did not think he won the fight. I thought he lost the first round. And it's funny because a lot of people said, you know, Jan won the second. The first would be the arguable one, right? And O'Malley won the third. But I guess give a little more credit to wrestling. To me, it was arguable Jan even won the third. That's not to take away because, again, I thought O'Malley looked great here. And what I thought was happening, too, and I said to my buddy who I was watching this with, I said, I'd be interested if this was going five rounds tonight because I felt like O'Malley was coming on stronger mm-hmm. and he was looking good. Now, I, that being said, it was kind of hard to get a read on him between corners because his corners you felt were trying to encourage him. But to me, he just looked kind of depressed and down, but he'd come out and perform still. So hats off to him for that. Now, that being said, the narrative changes <laughs> because yeah, I did not again think he did enough to win a three-round fight, clearly, because I thought it was arguable he won a third. But he does it. He wins the fight, split decision. And, you know, I knew right away, I'm like, you know, politically, this is not good for him in the image. Like, people are going to say, you know, he robbed him and everything. And to me, it's like the bigger question was like, you know, the judging or the judges. How do you want to look at it? Whether it's the correct. I think Luke Thomas, I said to you the thing where he broke down that the criteria of judging is more of the problem and not rewarding the wrestling in certain situations as much here. So, that being said, I'd love to see these two go at it again in a five round main event. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. They might just give O'Malley Sterling. It's That's an interesting fight if it happens. I feel Sterling's too dominant of a wrestler. But O'Malley does continue to impress me. If you forget how this fight ended in terms of the judges, and you just look at this guy's continuously improving, it's interesting. Because this guy, to me, looked a lot better against Jan than he did Pedro Munoz. And it's no knock on Pedro Munoz, who's a quality opponent, but I consider Jan one of the top two, three in the world. And here was O'Malley, and I thought at the end of the night, if they said a couple more rounds, O'Malley was looking like the stronger fighter going into that. That narrative got twisted and changed because of the decision. But I do want to bring all that stuff up because to me, I'm not an O'Malley fan, but I couldn't help but notice, like, man, like this kid was looking good here at different points. Again, I did say before this, though, stylistically, O'Malley and Jan was an interesting matchup. Like, because Jan likes to go forward, O'Malley likes to counterpunch. 
That being said, I thought Jan would still just overwhelm him. That did not happen. If O'Malley Sterling gets made, I got Sterling still, but O'Malley's got a puncher's chance. I'd like to see them do in the rare situation, make this a five-round main event for a fight night card, though. So, yeah, I agree with you as far as O'Malley has proven that he belongs at the top of the division. I, too, am not an O'Malley fan by any means, but initially, I thought he had done enough to win the fight. So oh. I, I really think it comes down to, like Luke Thomas said, he was talking about the criteria right. by which a fight is judged, right? First round, I'd have to go back and watch. I knew it was close. Second round, I would have gave to Jan. Right. Third round, Jan did get takedowns, but he didn't really do any damage sure. with those takedowns. And O'Malley was another thing I was impressed with, very active off his back, you know, with submission attempts which don't get any love from the judges at all. Um, I, I understand, you know, scoring a takedown is control, but as far as damage, O'Malley did the most damage in that round. That's when he need Jan and cut his eye. Jan was stunned, um, which was the second time he got stunned in that fight. Yes. Um, so I, I can see, I don't think it would have been a robbery either way. People are saying this is a robbery need to go look at some other fights because this mm -hmm. was a super close fight. I could have seen it going either way. I'm okay with Sean getting the win. Um, uh, I agree with you though. I, I do think this was sort of a favorable matchup style wise for him. Although Jan is incredibly tough. He does, you know, play into Sean's game perfectly. So I think he will have trouble against Aljo um if that is the fight that gets made and and I think it probably will be whether Sean really wants it or not. He didn't seem super amped uh to get that fight initially. Yeah. Um but I think the UFC wants that fight. So um we'll move on now to to the uh we'll event. Thing too, just because yeah. you said that that fight I think you hit on it kind of head a little bit there. Those rounds could have gone either way. Yeah, and that's what makes it difficult. That's why some people could have all three rounds one way or a split decision because those rounds were so close. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to the most disappointing part of the night yes. for me personally: the Aljo uh, versus TJ fight. So right away, almost instantly, you know something's wrong, and they're calling attention to the shoulder being popped out, or you know, at first, you know, but um. Like, okay, I'm thinking, like, you know, is he going to be able to, like, get the shoulder back in? Like, is this a new one? But then DC starts talking about he was trying to talk to me about something. And this is not looking good. <laughs> um, I believe Sterling, when he said he didn't know that his shoulder had popped out initially, because he didn't look like he was even looking at that. He looked like he was just a man taking I was even joking with a buddy of mine. I said, like, right now, Sterling's probably feeling so confident. Like, wow, this is easy. I must be the best fighter ever. Like, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, but you know, now afterwards he finds out. And uh, I think someone told me that Strowan said that he popped his shoulder out. And I was like, I, I don't know if he yeah. said that, if he did. No, like, he did. He said that. Ah, Aljo, come on, buddy. He yeah. wanted credit because he's the one that popped his shoulder out. Yeah, yeah that's not true. But uh, um, and it clearly wasn't. But uh, at the end of the day, um, fucking Aljo, he gets these weird victories sometimes. And uh, it's just wild. But. It's tough because it takes away from Force Aljo because you don't know what he would have done against TJ 100%. 
Um, if he would have done that against a TJ 100%, then this guy is looking untouchable right now. But I, mm-hmm. we're not going to know that until we see his next fight, which is looking like it's O'Malley, which, again, I like O'Malley, but stylistically, I feel like as much as Jan matched up well with O'Malley, this is oh, this is not going to be. So um, that being said, yeah, incredibly disappointing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one thing I will say, uh, because um, Anik did point out on the broadcast about Pico, which I had to laugh about because I remember he used to always seem nervous whenever Joe Rogan would bring up a Bellator fighter. But uh, Anik brought it up, and I haven't seen that, like uh, – where it looked like they were trying to murder Pico in the corner. Uh, Dwayne Bang. They were doing uh, the uh, Mel Gibson and Lethal yeah. Weapon, uh, smashing it into the wall, oh, yeah. trying to get it back in maneuver. Yeah. But uh, Bang Lugler over here, like, I mean, he just like pop, 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 and got it with no problem. Like, that was incredible. Like, that gave me hope going to the round two. But then I realized it popped out again. I'm like, oh, okay. This is clearly, they've done this a bunch of times now. But yeah, right. It- he probably had a lot of practice getting it back in. If right, it you know TJ said it popped out twenty times in camp. You know that's a lot of opportunities for Dwayne to pop it back in. Right, and I mean much like Aljo, uh, I'm not sure TJ doesn't exaggerate a little bit too. I don't want to say one way or another, but clearly this was a problem going in. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, just super disappointing. Yeah, that that's what I put for my notes for the fight. Incredibly disappointing. I'm disappointed that. TJ didn't pull out. I understand why he didn't, you know. Someone should have um, made that decision for him. Yeah, understand that he's older and the division's super stacked, so it's hard to get another title shot, but he was never going to win that fight, and his team should have known that. Um, the doctors should have seen that injury and found it out beforehand. Um, also, super disappointed in the way that Aljo celebrated the fight. You beat a one-armed fighter, dude. You don't need to be dancing. Like, ah, uh, it was so cringy. I heard something. I, I want to get your thought on, actually. Um, somebody from one of the other podcasts, I think it was the Post podcast, Scott, uh, our friend Scott told us about. Um, apparently, he had an opinion, too, that uh, if TJ, when the timeline, he went down with his injury, if he had just, you know, just said, hey, I can't do this fight, rather than retiring, like, Jose Aldo might have been one of the guys. Yeah. That- line to get this shot and like what would his career trajectory like what if he caught Aljo Aljo with a head kick like what a totally different universe we're in yeah like I said disappointing I understand why TJ didn't do it but I'm disappointed that he didn't that that fight went on the way that it did disappointed in Aljo the stupid celebration against an injured opponent um it was a bummer over overall for sure so I don't know what's next for TJ. He's turning into a cruise type character where he's always hurt. Um, definitely doesn't have too much longer. You know, might have been his last shot. So, actually, that's the fight to make probably next if he he was probably him and Cruz. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Cruz might be retired by the time that TJ's done with his sure. next surgery or whatever. So who knows? But. We'll go from one disappointment to another. Let's go on to Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. So this was such an interesting fight to me because uh, I remember thinking last week that uh, Makachev, if he goes to the ground, like he's going to be confident and he'll be interested. But I'm like, he's going to – that's where he's going to mess up. Like you don't want to go to the ground, you know. But I remember thinking too, but like, but if it stays on the feet – 
Alvarez going to light him up with strikes. Okay, so <laughs> Majamek was good on his feet and even better on the ground. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to see. Like, I felt like I was watching two high-level fighters. And even though if you look at it, I'd say a lot of people probably say Islam dominated. And, you know, some might say that. Like, you know, like he's, you know, best by a mile, blah, blah, blah. I thought I was looking at two high-level fighters. And I thought Islam, although a little bit better in his categories, also maybe came in with a better game plan. And I think Charles, maybe if he just tried to keep it on the feet a little more, I don't know. I mean, I because that's I mean, like, he got dropped before he got choked out. That's how he, he did, ended up right. on the ground. Yeah, but maybe but he, he also always gets dropped in his fight. Right. Yeah. So you know, but and the thing is, like Charles was so willing just to go to the ground because that's what Charles does. Mm-hmm. But maybe he shouldn't have been so willing to go to the ground this time. Not that you know that, uh, but you know, like uh, I was stunned when I saw that Islam got the choke and tapped him out. Like I was stunned. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know what I think Charles' next fight should be. I already said Darius. I think that would be a great fight. Uh, it's clear we're going in Islam Volkanovski uh, for the next fight. Very interesting fight. Uh, if Volkanovski is as good at lightweight as he is at featherweight and he has a little more power, I could see this guy being double champ. Um, but we'll see when we get there. Uh, definitely probably have to favor Islam, though. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I I believe the hype now for Islam. You know, we heard, we've been hearing it, how great he is from, yeah. you know, his team and everyone else. But now we've seen it in the octagon under the lights uh, against a champion. Um, he showed improvement in his stand-up. Uh, he still has a little bit more work to do, but I was very impressed with his stand-up. You know, miles better than Khabib. Khabib um, had, you know, an overhand right or whatever. But uh, Islam is definitely more well-rounded. Um, and the fact that he was able to sub the you know submission master in Charles Oliver uh, Oliveira is very impressive too. So I guess it's Volkanovski next. For some reason, I just don't really care about that fight. Um, yeah, I understand that. It, it really could, it, you know, you know, just being a hundred percent honest. I'm not the biggest Volkanovski fan. Mm-hmm. It could be because I love Max Holloway so much. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not gonna rule that out, but he just. He's just not super interesting for me. Uh, but stylistically, fairly good matchup. I wouldn't say e- uh, either guy has a giant advantage over the no. other one, but I don't really care about either guy. So I guess that's next. I hope, uh, like you said, we get to see that Charles and Dariush fight. I'm way more interested in that, and whoever wins that goes and hopefully gets the title back. So I, I kind of hope Volkanovski does win the lightweight title, though, in some ways. Because to me, if he does win the lightweight title, like him against Charles Oliveira, him against many of these other lightweight killers, because Volkanovski is not, you know, the tallest guy going in there, I think there's going to be a ton of interesting matchups. Yeah, it's going to mix up the division for sure. Yeah. So, but um, we'll see. Um, Because we could just be in the new era of uh, the second coming of Habib here. And then (laughs) there's going to be these Dagestan guys coming in every couple years dominating. So it's like, I got to hope that uh, 
Volkanovski uh, breathes some life into the division. But at the same time, I don't want Volkanovski just to dominate this uh, either. So I'm just hoping that there's some good firefights. And then um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I want somebody. I know this might sound biased, but uh, I just want a guy like a Dustin Poirier or a Justin Gaethje or a Michael Chamber, one of these guys that's been around forever that still could fight really good. I want him to have that one moment in the sun. Darius, too. He's another one. But I just want one of these guys that's been fighting for I want him to get, like, one shot at the belt. Poirier's right. a guy. Before this changing of the guard, uh, you know, seems to be happening, you know, we're definitely entering new a new class for each division yeah. of the younger fighters taking over, seems right. so. We got it with Glover, you know. Just yep. give me a give me one with Poirier or Chandler or Gaethje. Just one. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. All, All right. right, we're we're going a little long, so let's move yeah. on. We're let's uh, push through this uh, this week's fight card. It is UFC Fight Night Cater versus Allen. I just want to highlight a couple of the prelim fights. Um, young Chase Hooper is fighting on the prelims against Steve Garcia. Um. Do you have records for these guys or anything, or you just want me to go through? Just go right ahead, actually. Okay, so we know what we're going to get from Chase. Good grappling. Hopefully some improved striking. He has been improving, but hopefully he's continuing to improve his striking. Um, I don't know much about Steve Garcia, but he does seem to have some power, and Chase does get hit, so that is concerning going into this fight. Um I'm a fan of Chase, so I'm hoping he can avoid the big shots and get the fight to the ground and get a finish. Uh, I'll say a sub in round three. So funny note, I always try to be really open about everything on this show. I had uh, thought this fight card was the next week after when I was looking. So that's why I was talking about just reviewing this. Stuff. So I don't have records for anybody. but we'll <laughs> Okay, that's fine. We don't need records. I thought we were going long. I was like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm honest. Uh, yeah, but I like uh, Chase Hooper a lot too. And uh, I hope he gets a W here. Yeah. All right. So another fight I want to highlight. Uh, veteran Andre Arlovsky yeah. versus Marcus Ro- Rogeria de Lima. So, uh, Arlovsky's had a resurgence in his career. He's he's, uh, winning six of his last seven, which in heavyweight is amazing, especially at his age. Uh, And that only loss being to Tom Aspinall, uh, which, you know, incredibly tough fighter, uh, you know, future champion, probably Tom Aspinall. Um, With that being said, he hasn't been getting finishes. Those are all decisions. And Marcos doesn't make it to decision often. So, unfortunately, I'm going to pick Marcos by KO. I'm going to say round two. I'm going to go Arlovsky decision again. I say he continues to do it. I hope that's what happens. Yeah, and I think Marcos tires out at one point. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. So, let's move on to the main card. Uh, Super exciting fight between these two. uh, Justin Jacoby and Khalil Roundtree Jr. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so both of these guys have been doing it a long time. Um, Dustin's just recently made it to the UFC, well, relatively recently made it to the UFC, but he's had fights in Bellator, and he's been around Mm -hmm. a long time, like I said. So I I think his last nine. Yeah, he's undefeated in in the UFC. He had a draw, but no losses in the UFC. So um I could really see this fight going either way in terms of skill set. Both guys excellent uh, stand up. I think we're going to be in for a quick and violent fight. Uh, Khalil's been talking about retirement the last couple of years off and on. <laughs> and, yeah. 
And uh, I think Dustin's still trying to make a run for a title. So I'm I'm going to go with him. And I'll say he just clips it early in some exchange. They're both exchanging. Dustin clips him. I'll say round one TKO. They're both violent. They're both very violent fighters. Um, yeah, I'm agreeing with you here. Uh, just because of the mindset, I think Jacoby uh, will get it done. I'll go round two uh, TKO. But I think uh wouldn't be surprised either way. It's going to be a brutal fight. All right, moving on. A couple of uh, up-and-comers, Josh Fremd and Trajan Gore. Um, sure. I haven't seen much of Josh. I think he only has one fight in the UFC, and he lost that fight. And then uh, it was a decision to Anthony Hernandez, that's right, who who is a tough guy. So, sure. you know, not uh, nothing to hang your head on. Trajan also had tough luck in the UFC. He's 0-2. Um but he looked really dangerous in those fights also. So I, I'm going to go with Trajan via TKO in round three. Uh, since I don't know enough about these guys, I'm going to take your word for it, and I'll go with Trajan as well. <laughs> All right. would have been good my homework on this fight. But go ahead. <laughs> Another uh, good matchup coming up, Waldo Cortez Acosta versus Jared Vendera. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Waldo's debut uh, he's he looked great on the Dana White contender series though, and Justin has lost four straight. Yeah. Um, I think the UFC kind of wants to feed uh Justin to Waldo to build a new possible star, but uh, they should look out because uh, Jared is still very dangerous, and uh, he's lost to some of the toughest guys in the division, and I think that that experience is going to carry him through. I think um. He survives maybe an early, you know, barrage from Waldo and uh, tires him out and he gets a decision win. All right. I'm going to disagree. I think Waldo will get it done. Uh, I liked him on the contender series. I'll say it's going to be a fight, though, because um, I do think um, I do think Jared's back is against the wall there. And so I think it will be a firefight. So but I think it's that's. I think that's what's going to cost him, though. So uh, round two, TKO for Waldo. Mm-hmm. Next up, another great fight. This is a possible contender for fight of the night. Uh, yeah, Tim like- Means versus Max Griffin. Um, I think we're going to get a stand-up war between these guys. Uh, both guys are willing to stand and bang for sure. So uh, Max is super dangerous, very explosive power-wise, but I, I just think the Dirty Bird is going to be too tough. He's not going to be knocked out by Max Griffin. So um, I would imagine both guys end up getting dropped at some point in this fight uh, back and forth, but I'm going to go with Tim Means by decision win. Okay. I think that Griffin will get it done. I like Tim. I actually want Tim to win. I want to be wrong on this, but I think Tim has been around for a long time. And I think that's where I think he's starting to be a little worn down now. And somebody like Griffin, who I think is explosive, is just going to be the problem in the long haul. But not going to be surprised either if Tim Means gets it done yet because he's still like at Matt Brown where he's yep. not completely – he's been through those battles, so I feel like he's easier to catch. But I also feel like he's still strong enough and he's smart enough to know how to like get these victories. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Back against the wall, I like Max Griffin here. And then uh, main event, another uh, fight of the night contender for sure. Uh, Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. I went back and forth a lot on this one. It was a tough one to call. Um, Cater's on a bit of a slide, and the UFC aren't doing him any favors with the matchup against Allen. Uh, (laughs) Allen's won 11 fights in a row. 
Yeah. But this was a huge step up in competition for him. Um, Cater's been fighting the best of the best. Uh, Allen definitely hasn't, even though he's looked great in his fights. So, um, and I'm going to say in the UFC in general, lately, the fighters that are getting these tests, the Sean O'Malley's and whatnots have been stepping up and uh, we're seeing a bit of a changing of the guard. Like I was talking about before. Um, I think that's going to continue here. Uh, I think we get an amazing five round fight. I think Cater's going to have some moments in the fight, but Allen will control most of it. And, and I'll say Allen by decision. But I would love for Cater to write the ship and get a win here. But I'm going to go with Allen by decision. I'm going to agree with you exactly on this one. Um, I think Allen is just, uh, you know, he's won so many in a row. He looks so good in his last couple fights. Um, I find it hard to go against him. But Cater, um, I just look at how durable he was in that loss to Max Holloway a while back and how he was able to hang. I just don't think you can count him out. He's got great boxing. He's always ready to go. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like Aaron Allen is maybe just a better all-around fighter, and he hasn't been in those wars that took it out of him yet, too. So, uh, yeah, I like Allen, but I think it's going to go by decision as well. Yeah. So also coming up this week, we uh, will be airing another collab with uh, Cage My IQ. We'll be airing his interview of legendary Muay Thai fighter um, John Wayne Parr. Yes. So I haven't watched that one. I'm definitely going to watch that one. I'm excited too. Uh, so everyone should keep an eye out on the YouTube for that. So let's get into the schedule. Uh, November 5th, UFC Fight Night will now be Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos. Um, have to look at the rest of the card. That's sort of a weak uh, main event for me. Um, I don't know. What do you think about the main event for that? Uh, I get into it too much. I'm but. not huge into that. Uh, I like Lemos, actually. Uh, I like she, Marina Rodriguez. Oh, right, okay. Top of my head in that fight. So yeah, it I, is not a terrible matchup for sure. Not but. a terrible matchup. It's not what I want to see as a main event. Right. Short notice, you know, we got to take what we can get, right? At least yeah. there's fights, you know, at least at least we're not missing a week. So <laughs> moving on from there, we're going to MSG, uh, November 12th, USC 281, Adesanya versus Piera. Very highly anticipated matchup between those guys. I'm sure the whole card is probably fire as it's an MSG card. So we're looking forward to that. And then later on, November 19th, USC fight night, Lewis versus Spivak. And that will be a 4 p.m. Eastern card. All right, so we got some good stuff coming up this weekend, UFC, and then we got Jake Paul and Anderson Silva, which, uh, yeah, I will watch the UFC card, but I have to say, if I could just watch Jake Paul and Anderson Silva and I didn't have to pay the 60 bucks because I know like, the rest of the card is not going to be worth it to me and it's going to be a lot of bullshit, I am interested in that fight. Like, the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I want to see that fight. I. I don't want to pay for it, but I want to see that fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, but all right. Uh, until next time, guys, uh, this is the combat cast. We'll see you at ringside. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the working fans podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at fans working. Our Facebook page is working fans wrestling pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think. Also that's working fans wrestling pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram 
Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 